This is TM Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Two The Winter Palace. Chapter Five The statues were everywhere. Wherever they went in the palace, it seemed that there was one waiting around every corner, frozen in mid-pose, stuck in time as they crouched on the floor with a broom and a dustpan, or polished a doorknob, or adjusted a picture frame. They were the hardest-working statues G had ever seen. It was very strange, all these people hard at work and yet not getting anything done. It was also a little bit creepy, G thought, and she said so. I suppose it is the queen said in a whisper. They were walking through a long hall lined on either side with little alcoves from which marble busts stared out at them as they passed, unblinking and cold. It was hard not to feel like somebody was eavesdropping. I used to think so well when I first came here. But you don't anymore? Winterly shrugged. I guess I'm just used to them by now. Are all of them statues? she asked, stopping to expect one of the alcoves. All of who? All of your servants. Gee tapped on the base of the bust before her. Oh, they're not my servants, Winterly shook her head. They're my husband's. But you're the queen. Winterly dipped her head. Yes. I am the wife of the queen, yes. The velvet gown she'd been wearing flickered and shuffled as she sighed, becoming a pair of dark brown corduroy pants and a black sweater. But this is his kingdom, not mine. That goes for his servants as well. She didn't know what to say to this. The queen smiled wryly and squeezed the girl's shoulder. They started walking up the hallway once more, heading towards a long bank of windows. She glanced over to a bust on one side, an old face with a short, trim beard stared back at her. As she passed, the bust blinked. She gulped and hurried after the queen who was standing at one of the windows gazing out. Beyond there was a small group of trees, stunted and shriveled-looking things, stripped bare by winter. I planted those when I first came here, she told the girl. Peaches and apricots. How long ago? Since the wedding? And that seems like it was a long, long time ago. Winterly touched her fingertip to the window, tracing the delicate lacework pattern of the frost on the outside. Where are you from? Where did you live before? Looking very young and very sad, the queen said, I am from above, from beyond the river, from your world. She tapped the window with her fingernail. And I miss it very much. Then why don't you go back? Oh, lots of reasons. Winterly was quiet for a moment. Then she glanced down to the girl at her side and smiled. Would you like to see the ballroom? Oh, yes, please. Come on, then. 
They continued further up the hall towards a large set of double doors. After a few steps, the queen knelt down and took G's hand in hers. You need to understand, I love my husband very much. And there is a great deal about this place, his kingdom, his world, a great deal that fascinates me. She looked down at her hands and trailed off. G wondered if she was going to cry. Finally, Winterly looked up and smiled, the saddest smile G had ever seen in her life. I guess, she told the girl, I guess all I'm saying is that I miss my home and my family very much. Can't you even go back for a visit? Winterly squeezed G's hands and stood up, her clothes flickering three or four different outfits before settling on a simple white cotton shirt and a skirt of ragged, multicolored wool. Oh, I can visit from time to time if I like, but... She trailed off. But what? G found it hard to be patient with people who stopped talking just when they were starting to say something interesting. Winterly shrugged. But when I go back, I find that I miss it here, too. She cocked her head and squinted at G. Does that make any sense? Not much, G said honestly. It doesn't, I know. Winterly nodded as much to herself as to G. But it's the best I've got for you. Come on. They started walking again. After a moment, it was G's turn to stop and grab the Queen's hand. Why don't you have them come and visit you here? She asked. That way everyone would be happy. Almost everyone, Winterly said with a wry smile. I expect that they could visit if they wanted to. Don't they want to see you? They do. Winterly looked away, back towards the windows and the trees beyond. Of course they do. It's just that most people aren't in a particularly big hurry to come here. Not even for a visit. She looked back down at G and winked. It's hard enough to get them here after they've died, let alone before. Winterly stopped smiling. What is it? She asked. G opened her mouth and then closed it again. She wasn't afraid to ask the question. She was afraid of the answer. Come on the queen said after a moment. Let's go and take a look at the ballroom. Halfway up the hallway, she slipped her hand into Winterly's. You have been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening.
I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. To receive permission, handwrite your request on a single sheet of paper and fold it carefully into a clean white envelope addressed to the attention of the author. Place the envelope outside the back door of your home and wait for a response. Don't worry, the foxes know where to find him.